Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing the KMA Machines Guardian of the Worm. An incredibly flexible, ultimately shapeable high gain distortion and noise gate for guitarists looking for complete control over their drive tone. Fader loaded double foot switch effects unit features three separate clipping modes so you can find the tonal foundations that are right for you. A simple high performance Blackma VCA based noise gate with the option of an external trigger input for noise gate control. A highly configurable four-band active EQ with variable center frequencies. Three distinct types of high mid control for tone shaping. An effects loop between distortion and noise gate for signal chain flexibility. An internal control for input filter signal trigger source and noise gate response. And relay based soft switching with variable gate switching modes. This is a comprehensive distortion shaping tool for those who want complete dominance over their tone. Check out The Guardian of the Worm by KMA Machines at kma-machines.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Naomi McLeod. Hello. Matt Knight. Hello. And Jay Cross. Oh, I'm really glad to be here, Joe. Thanks so much for the introduction. Oh, no, that's, that's absolutely fine. Thank you, You're glad Jay. to Thank be here? You. Thank you for joining us, Jay. Well, yes, because, you know, we record this podcast in the evenings, then I edit it, then we release it the next day to patrons, to the people All right, mate, don't, 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 don't give away all your secrets. And then, and, and then you know, to, to the the rest of the proles, the rest day, the next day. But, uh, but, but Jay, of course, Jay, you've been in, you've been in meetings, you've been working hard all day, and then I've literally taken you straight from work, straight onto this podcast. You've not had a break, not had a chance to get a glass of water, not had a chance to eat. Instead, you're just going to have to rely on your guitar knowledge to get you through the next hour and a half how do you feel i i feel i feel great actually i um i you know as i've i've sort of taken the next the next step up into the world of veganism i'm Mm -hmm. actually now just relying on uh conversation as sustenance and so this is actually really really delicious so thank you very much that's good I'm glad you're eating my presence or my, my you know, discussion. <laughs> <laughs> my God. 
this is going uh, yeah, downhill. Yeah, no, good. Um, how are you, Joe? I, have, I feel like I haven't spoken to you in about a week. <laughs> yes, I'm, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm exhausted, but I'm good. I'm very happy to be back on the podcast this week. And, you know, I managed to, I managed to actually tie in purchasing an instrument in, uh, in, in the time in between talking to you guys I last. F- I thought you were flogging everything. I'm sure we've I- had this conversation <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm getting rid of it all. I am, I am, but I okay. realised part of my essential list is a fretless bass. Oh, Ooh, hang on, you have to be the, the ice, ice cream van. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm going to have to. I, when You're I said that go. I'm, when I said that I only exist on uh, conversation, it's, it's actually it's conversation, conversation and ice lollies. Oh, so. and Mr. Whippies, I, yeah, I bloody yeah. love Mr. Whippy. <laughs> it's you? the best. It's the best thing. I, I'm just putting it out there. It's a slight, just a tangent with the ice cream van. We're, I'm, I'm considering having one at my wedding. That's how much I love Mr. Whippy. Oh, we even, wow. we, 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 we even considered a Whippy themed wedding. It was a long running joke that I was addicted to uh, Mr. Whippy. Have you ever thought about leaving Roland Boss and starting your own, you know, uh, joke? I wouldn't joke because it was actually a consideration at one point. <laughs> you, you wanted was, to be an ice cream. <laughs> I was person. like, I was like, I could just buy a Whippy van. Like, think of that's the Whippy. I mean, I, just, just you know, as a aside here, planning a wedding, you see a lot of people with crazy ideas, and people book them for weddings, and there is. A person who owns a old 1950s ice cream truck who is at a different wedding or event every single day charging thousands of pounds to be there and just basically serving ice cream out of a hatch. I'm like, oh, there is something to it. So you never know. Guitar Nerds is teaming up with Positive Grid to give one lucky listener their very own Spark Smart amplifier. Visit positivegrid.com forward slash guitar nerds. It's super simple, and you could be the owner of one of the most fun and feature-packed amps I've ever played. Spark is a comprehensive solution for home jamming, learning, and recording for electric, acoustic, or bass. You can play and practice with millions of songs and access to over 10,000 tones. Powered by Positive Grid's Bias Tone Engine. Spark features a smart and intuitive range of rotary controls on the amp itself, but really comes to life when used alongside its companion app for iOS or Android. It's so well laid out. Straight out of the box, I was able to tailor my tone with a bunch of amp models and a comprehensive range of effects. There's no learning curve here or complex interface, just tons of tones straight off the bat. I love the Smart Jam feature. Play a looping riff on Spark and the amp and accompanying app work together to learn your riffs, then generate authentic bass and drums to accompany you. Perfect for making just jamming around more interesting and fun. Auto Chords is another banger. Import your music from YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music and the Spark app will auto display its guitar chords in real time as you play. Easy controls let you slow down the song's tempo or loop difficult sections as you master playing it. On top of all of this, you can use the Spark as an interface. USB directly into your computer and access all the Spark tones, amp models and effects for recording. All of this for only $299 US dollars. Visit positivegrid.com forward slash guitar nerds, enter to win a spark and check out all its incredible features. Matt, have you thought about if, if you were going to do this and, and have your own kind of wedding themed ice cream van, have you thought about theming it around guitars uh, or, no. or guitar no, no, equipment? I just thought about theming it around pink. Right, right. Pink so what, whi- everything, you do pink whippy. Pink whippies, um, yeah. Yeah, I often dream about the whip. 
the whippy I had in Bath last year, and they put like marshmallows and stuff on it. I was like, this is great. There's there's money to be made here, and in London, trendy London, you know. I, I think there's you know there's room for a high end Mr Whippy bar. The night cream van. The night cream oh, van. Oh, that's it. I've honestly just been sitting here trying to think of guitar related ice cream puns, but no. I can't, nothing's coming to mind. But the night cream van, I can get behind. And then I'll be so famous that they'll give me a signature guitar and we'll call it the Night Screamer. I mean, there you go. You just got to find your way into it. If uh, Kiefer Sutherland can do it, yeah, anyone can. Anyone can come into come. You, you just got to, you know, be- becoming a signature guitar artist I mean, is a I mean, is a long road, and you can you can enter it from. I don't know, man. He got shot in the chest <laughs> in Young Guns Part Two. I think that's you know he deserved a signature model from that point on. Um, is it what like actually shot? Well, I don't know if it was if wow. if they is, if they I mean, used like a blood pack and blanks or if they really shot him. I'm not sure which one, but yeah, you know, it was pretty good. Lord, I never shoot first, but I drew first blood. I'm the devil's son. They call me young. I have no idea what you're talking about. I was singing the Bon Jovi Thank you, theme Jay. tune. I really was hoping I wasn't the only one. <laughs> so sorry, is this the music that Matt's Whippy Van's going to play? Well, that, it should be, <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, the, it's, uh, it's niche, but I think it could work. Bon Jovi wrote the theme tune to Young Guns Part 2. I don't know if he did Young Guns Part 1, but he wrote the theme tune I don't tune know to... what Young Guns Part 1 or 2 is. It's, it's a Western with Emilio Estevez mm. and Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, okay. And Charlie Sheen in the first one. Um, okay. And, you know, a few other people. The guy from Law and Order, I think, or, or CSI, something something like that. One of those guys. Of he played Pat Garrett. But, yeah, okay. it was fantastic. They're one of you got of Emilio Estevez in the second one playing an old man and talking about his past as a young Billy the Kid. And he talks about Kiefer Sutherland. And then sometimes Bon Jovi plays over the top going, but la bow 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 Call That's me cool. young. It's, it's very good. Anyway, that's what I think the ice cream truck should have as a theme. Okay, I'll bear that, that in and, That and not whip it by Devo, come on. This oh, is- oh yeah. yeah, great shout, great shout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But just as, as an aside, I, I really think, Joe, you should go into writing movie reviews because I'm, I'm, I'm gripped. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's- <laughs> oh, although, Joe Branton, the new Mark Kermode. Oh, in- as well, uh, Young Guns Part 2, I put, I know back to front. As a child, I used to put it on in the afternoon in the summer holidays, dress up part Spider-Man, part cowboy, and I used to pretend I was there with them, and I used to reply to to lines as one of the characters. You know, so I'd learn, like, one of the characters' lines and then reply as those throughout. I mean, yeah, that sounds pretty mad, to be honest, mate. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Retrospectively, yeah, I guess I didn't have many friends growing up. <laughs> well, if you're going to dress up as Spider Cow or, you yeah. know, yeah. Spider Boy... Actually, that one sounds reasonable. Spider Cow yeah. sounds better. That's a better superhero. I'm uh, anyway. I'm I'm up for your um for for this uh, yeah. Mr. I, 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 whatever mu- young guns thing. Whatever music I do play, even if it's the classic theme, you know, maybe I can route the internal music through, you know, a space echo or something like that. So you know, mm. it's part modular synthesizer, part ice cream van. Buy Mr. Good. Whippy, patch a little setting on my custom synthesizer that hangs out the back of it that would be cool yeah i'll tell you what this is this is quite a strong cast isn't it like aragorn's (laughs) in it no sorry i've gone back to it's operating at about two and a half minutes latency (laughs) currently yeah yeah i've gone back to young guns part two i mean this is quite a cast um christian slater william peterson who was gil grissom in yeah christian uh, slater is only in in the second one yeah 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 Balthazar he plays Getty. Arkansas Dave Rudabol. Yeah. Right, wow, yeah. Quite a good, uh, quite a big cast. And Aragorn. Vigo Mortensen, that's Aragorn, isn't oh, it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is Aragorn. Yeah, Vigo Mortensen was, he was the sniper guy who was working with Pat Garrett to hunt down Emilio Estevez's Billy the Kid and uh, and Kiefer Sutherland's Doc Skurlock. Mm. Yeah. I tell you, Joe, I watched a, a movie this week, which I reckon you won't have watched for ages, but we would be into. Uh, and that is for the first time in ages, I found Event Horizon on a streaming service. Oh, and Sam Neill. Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. Oh. Um, a great cast, great movie. I remember watching, so it came out in 97, and I think I, watch, I watched it at a sleepover in probably 1999, so I would have been 12. Right. And um, it was, w- without a doubt, the scariest movie I had oh. ever seen. It, it is horror it, sci-fi it, at its best. It completely, like, really turned me away from sci-fi for a very long time. And, uh, yeah, I watched it for the first time since 1999. And I can tell you that as a uh, 34-year-old, um, it, I mean, it was scary, but, like, you know, I'd, w- I'd watch it. I'd, I'd watch it at night 
by myself, I reckon. <laughs> no. so, yeah. Good movie, what, though. What, Very good. One of my favourite sci-fi movies is Sunshine. Does anyone remember that? The the Killian Murphy, Chris Evans sci-fi? It was Danny, Danny Boyle, Boyle directed it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Danny Boyle directing it. The first thing he did after um, 28 Days Later. But I felt like that movie like really looked at Event Horizon and was like, how can we make this concept palatable to a modern day audience it was very much uh, you know as fantastic as as danny boyle is sunshine is absolutely for fans of event horizon both, oh, okay cool both i didn't know anything about that oh well i'm glad i didn't say any more about what sunshine was about but like yeah it, it, absolutely watch it it's a completely fantastic movie and kind of a yeah very much not the same thing but has a lot of the same uh, you know root concepts as event horizon very good uh, and uh, and written by Alex Garland, who is one of the best film writers. Uh, he uh, wrote. He actually wrote Twenty Eight Days Later, but he also wrote the novel The Beach, which obviously the film was later based Ooh. on. And oh, then okay. also wrote and directed the fantastic fantastic Ex Machina. Oh, uh, that which, movie is yeah. wicked! Oh wow, yeah. Oh, and Devs as well, which and, was yes. on iPlayer. That is really good. And, really uh, oh, he, and Annihilation. Yeah, that movie was wicked as well. Oh, that was fantastic. The most underrated Netflix. The problem with Annihilation had is it was released as a Netflix movie, and most Netflix movies are basic. And this, and it came out, and it was really art house. And I think a lot of people did not get it, but it was very, very good. Yes. But, oh yeah, I thought I thought it was really good, really good. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know about this. And Dread as well. That was that oh, was, that, that, actually, was that was a good movie. The standalone Judge Dread movie with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Carl. Uh, oh, I've forgotten his Urban. surname. Urban as as Judge. Well, fantastic. I would love them to make another one of those. Anyway, anyway, in a film, in a film, I want to talk about the fact that I went away and purchased an instrument. I was, you know, I've been, I've been staying in Southampton with some family stuff going on recently, and I was like, one day I was like, oh, I am, you know, I am exhausted. What would make me feel better is a new purchase. And uh, I've been, you know, recently or the last week, uh, Francis the Mute by the Mars Volta got re-released by uh, Clouds Hill records and it made it to like number six in the album charts amazing whatever it is 20 years after that album came out or you know whatever the amount of time is you know it's it's crazy that it did that and i was like oh, i'm gonna listen to it because it's an album that i guess i don't listen to a lot because i listen to a lot of the later mars volta stuff as i guess you do if you followed them the whole way through their career i listened to francis the mute which is almost exclusively recorded on a fretless bass and i was like oh yeah I don't own a fretless bass anymore and I really want one again right now. Uh, so I started looking around and my favourite fretless bass I ever owned was a 1979 Ibanez Roadster with a maple, a fretless maple neck where like um, you, like all the lacquer had, the, the strings had bore their way into the neck, you know, so the maple neck had like lines down it where each string would sit, where it's just gone through the gloss and it was... Oh, so wonderful so hard to play because of that because the strings almost sat inside the neck when you tried to vibrato them but it it was lovely tried to find one of those found one great price collection only uh somewhere on the border of scotland and i was like no i can't do that and then i found a fretless jazz bass in southampton which is where i was was staying with my family so i was like wow perfect just round the corner and it was incredibly cheap 
And I even threw in an offer and got it for even cheaper. So I was very, very happy about that. Just a 2011 Mexican jazz bass standard fretless, but well, fretted. It had been professionally defretted. And the great thing about that is when, uh, in this case, and a lot of the time when you make a fretted bass fretless, you get these heavily lacquered boards to deal with the fact that obviously they've had to fill the little fret gaps and i love that they i think they look fantastic because they have this shiny almost ebony look to them but i also find them you know it, it might be just how you think about it but i find them more playable um so that was very cool swapped out for um aguilar pickups oh no that's probably not how you say it naomi help me out how, how am I supposed to say it? I, I say Aguilar. Oh, yeah, Aguilar. yes. Oh, was it yeah. me that was saying Aguila and now I I've thought it corrected was it, it to Aguila? Was it JD was saying Aguila? Aguila. I think that's the American way, but isn't the Aguilar. fella American? So I'm not sure. So, it, so it's, I'm probably it's short, saying it It's wrong. short for Aguilarans. I know that Right. Much. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I just short for it. what? I was I was joking. I was going to say what? Yes. I see now that I have fallen for this. <laughs> I hear now the whoosh. Mine is going right over my head. God damn it! <laughs> anyway, sorry. Please carry on. I was just no, being really obtuse. No, no. Thank you, thank you. But yes, it, it came with uh, with Aguilar uh, pickups fitted in. It was the '60s era pickups. Aguilar do a massive range. I still can't believe Aguilar haven't moved into the guitar world of pickups because they have. Such such a substantial range of pickups for bass. I understand that like, they're just an exclusively bass company, but they have mm-hmm. such great stuff. I just wish they'd kind of expand their their ranges. But um, but yeah, they had uh, their uh, their their J sixties, which gotten. is oh, do you? Oh, yeah, really? Do. Oh, how Blas- do you find blasphem- them? Blasphemously, it's in my classic vibe seventies P bass. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. Um, I absolutely love it. I mean, I'm a I'm a longtime fan of um, Aguilar and other bass amp brands, but um, yeah, big fan of the '60s. So I'm obviously forced into these in a way, and that they're what came with the bass. But you purchased these pickups yourself separately to go into your '70s classic vibe. Uh, yes. What, what, what made you go for the '60s over anything else? Because they have such a huge range, even within Aguilar, let alone other companies. They do, they do. I just happened to plump between the 70s and between the, yeah, the JP60 and the JP70. I just happened to plump a little more for the 60 in this case. Right, right. Um, I knew, like, yeah, everything in terms of the bass itself, I, I knew I really liked already, but there was a slightly smoother, um, slightly smoother highs, slightly smoother mids to the 60s as well as the, um, as well as a sort of nice, pleasant, woolly kind of rolled off response in the bass, which is um, which is always what I'm after in playing that that classic vibe anyway. But I just preferred uh-huh. the response. It was that little, yeah. I, I suppose the seventy is a little pokier um, and a little smoother and more buttery in the sixty. That was what I found anyway. Yeah, but the, I mean, the sixties is Alnico five. The seventies, mm-hmm. obviously, it's it's always hard to compare sixties and seventies jazz bass pickup tones because, of course, in the seventies they moved the bridge pickup further towards the bridge. Exactly. So yeah. the, the the placement of the pickups in in themselves is different. So you you know, mm-hmm. in a class in a seventies classic vibe, they're never actually going to sound quite like intended almost. But exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think. 
I would definitely make the same decision. I think, you know, when I think about the jazz bass tones that I like, I prefer the less aggressive, more rounded tone of a 60s jazz bass. So, you know, mm-hmm. for, for me, I'm, if I was going to buy Aquila pickups, I don't necessarily think I, I, w- I would think of them first. Um, they're a bit sessiony for me as a brand. And so I think I'd automatically look at other brands, but, but actually just having them in there, yeah, these are, this is fantastic. I'm very happy to have these pickups in. I'm, I'm almost turned around to recommend these. I'm going to compare these a little bit more. Very difficult to do this between my fretted and my fretless jazz bass, but I'll compare them more over the next sort of week or so between the EMG uh, jazz pickups that I have in my fretted and the 60s Aguilar as, you know, both being almost the entry-level price point was very different the entry level price point for both brands at a replacement jazz pickup but uh but yeah very uh, very cool um yeah i was i was super chuffed at that and babix bridge already fitted on the fretless jazz bass um which you know it is absolutely fantastic i thought about going for that when i was upgrading my fretted jazz bass but i opted in the end for the omega which i think is like a a proprietary version of the Leo Quad badass bridge. Um, oh yeah, okay. Um, which yeah, so I went for that on the on on the fretted. But I mm-hmm. almost went for the Babbage, and I have to say, having it like right here, I'm like, yeah, this is an absolutely fantastic bridge. I, I'm very tempted to just retrofit this into everything now. Into the like other a, ones, yeah. I was going to yeah. say that's an, that's a really lucky mod to pick up. Yeah, um, yeah, it sounds really nicely put together. Uh, yeah, so well, Joe, did on, you not did you not have a fretless before before this? I'm, I did, I did, yes. Um, but but I so I sold my fretless years ago, and then I did have a fretless for Polymath, but it was actually part of my Harlequin Guitar Club, my guitar shop stock. But of course, fretlesses are so massively unpopular that I didn't it didn't sell for like two years, so I was just using it. Uh, you know in my day, in my day to day and then about three or four months ago it sold and i was kind of like oh that was my last fretless <laughs> and it was it was a shame because actually finding a good fretless today is quite difficult um you know there, there aren't a lot around i would say probably the best one you can buy is is squire by fender doing the reasonably priced version i mean is the squire by fender doing the classic vibe fretless jazz bass that is very good you're getting a lot of bang for your buck but here's the problem a lot of fretless players today are actually quite modern um and that's a problem for me because i want things to have lacquered necks i want things to be vintage styled and retro and a lot of the new fretlesses that are coming out are companies like ibis making fantastic things like the uh um oh i've What's what's the name of their the the range of bases they do that's shaped like a boiled sweet? It looks like a guitar that's been sucked. What's it called? Talman? No, no. Not the sound gear. Yes, the sound gear range. There we go. I got there in the end. It looks like a guitar. You didn't, you didn't been... get there at all. <laughs> he got by Fine. with little help from his friend. Uh, okay, Thank there you. we go. Thank not go. not friends, Jay. Friend. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> But yeah, the you know a lot of the new fretless basses that are coming out are very very modern styled. A lot of them are like five strings and things like that. I think there's a huge there's an yeah, area. there's a huge curve currently towards more than four, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, if you I, want, I mean, they, you know, they 
people say that like bullying is bad, but like honestly, I really feel like we got away from people playing five string fretless basses for a long time, and now that everyone's been sat at home and they've been sheltered from people bullying them and taking the taking the mick out of them when they rock up to band practice with their five string bass. I just, you know, we really can't get out of this pandemic fast enough because people <laughs> really need a shot of reality in the arm. Yeah, you know, just yeah. go, and, just go and buy, a, a, just go and buy a P bass. Like they just, they sound the best. Nah. Bongo, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Gold sparkle bongo. <laughs> Oh. Um, and that'll wrap up our episode this week. If we- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, t- I tell you what, for, for Bongo fans, on the way, for, for a project that I can't discuss yet, I have a six string Music Man Bongo winging its way to me right now. I think now. We, uh, we, we briefly mentioned it uh, last week, I think, Joe, didn't we? Because there's the new John Myung, which has a two different fretboard woods. Oh, um, I love that man. He oh, I know. Love that man. The absolute best. And I like the fact that he's made the string spacing like much tighter because he's like, you know, got to get all the notes in. Can't just have it there for the jazzy stuff, you know. Got to get it. Got to get all the notes. Yeah, in. it's really like, have you have you thought about just playing a baritone guitar, mate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As, as I remember watching an interview once with John Petrucci and he said, he's the only musician he's ever met who warms down after a show as well as warming oh, up. Nice. <laughs> nice. Wow. wow. Um, makes sense you know you go for you have a stretch after you go for a run so yeah. you know yeah so why wouldn't you do like another set of uh you know all your, all your base exercises afterwards yeah, makes sense yeah. yeah it certainly does i mean it's it's a it's as puritan as it gets really but it's reverend guitars have kicked off 2021 with their first ever s-type guitar in true Reverend style, this cracker of a guitar features classic looks juxtaposed with modern electrics. Introducing the Gill Paris GPS signature model from Reverend Guitars. Whilst on first glance, the pickup arrangement looks fairly standard for an S-Type. In fact, each of the single coils is a Fishman Fluid single width pickup. These can be switched with a push-pull tone control between two voicings, a vintage voice, the classic Airy 50 single coil sound, and a hot Texas voice for a hotter, punchier, more modern alternative. Check out the GPS and all of Reverend Guitar's mouth-watering models at reverendguitars.com. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like those of us of slightly more punk upbringing, J-Cross, would... <laughs> Uh, I don't know, initially have frowned on on such, um, I don't know, going to the ends of the earth in terms of your study of the instrument. And I, I don't know, I thought that for a long time and now I regret it and I want to warm down after every single show because I'm also ageing and we all age, unfortunately, and um, healthier practices seem to make a lot more sense as we go and that definitely applies to playing. So you so, do you warm down after every show? In uh, definitely not with the routine or articulation I would wish to, but yeah, I, I sort of have to a little bit now. Granted, as well, I really only came to um, really only came to synthesize and realize the importance of of warm ups and warm downs when I began to play two and a half hour gigs and wondered afterwards why my hands were hurting for a week or my wrists were hurting for a week. I had, I had one or two scares in after kind of early gigs where I really just was not, was not on top, on top of my stuff at all and was playing quite busy, um, quite busy lines for those very long sets as well. Um, 
which obviously can can be the case across all manner of styles. But um, yeah, that was a little bit of a baptism of fire for me for warm ups and warm downs. So now I'm definitely a an advocate for them. Huh. Nice. Uh-huh. Very interesting. So you Sorry, Jay, go on. I was just going to say, never really been an issue for me because I don't think I've ever played more than a 20-minute set in my life. So, you know, that's... <laughs> but, <laughs> barely, barely even, nothing, barely even nothing break a sweat, to be completely sets. honest with you. So it's like, don't need, to, don't need to warm down if you've never warmed up. You know, so. <laughs> I, I actually bought a, a wrist support this week. Did you? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, is it? And I'm curious. Is it like your first sort of support dexterity type implement that you've bought? I, I've never bought anything like this because right, I remember okay. when I was young watching the Manic Street Preachers and mm-hmm. their drummer wears drum gloves, and I was like, "What an absolute wimp!" And that everyone, is really everyone says stuck that at me. first, and it's like, yeah, but how many of us are playing drums who say oh. those things? Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> Sure, but you know, like he, he, it was always. I always thought it was a problem. My sax player actually wears a wrist support for. He doesn't wear it live, where he has to just do whatever half hour, forty five minutes. But he he does wear it in rehearsal all the time, mm. and it's recently become an issue for me. I think just through you know sitting at a. I, retrospectively, I regret making the move from a mouse to an over to a huge trackpad. Because I think oh, that might dear. might be. Okay. I've got one of those full size drawing trackpads that I use. So oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. that that I think has probably caused the issue. But it's it's extended now to bass playing, and so mm. I'm like, right, I need to deal with this now. So I've bought like a. It only turned up today, but I intend to just sleep in it and like you know wear it for the times. I don't know. I'm hoping it's going to help. Uh, I'm going to start looking up stuff if it continues to be an issue. But, uh, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely think it's worth getting um, getting issues that affect your playing in any way more properly looked at if they if they last over over a period of time. You know, yeah. it's not worth not worth it turning into carpal tunnel or tendonitis or any mm. actual injury that um exactly we all have like tinnitus. We all have tinnitus to deal with. You know, from oh, the, right. exactly. <laughs> as a basic yeah. without without adding anything else to it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Um, anyway, guys, on the on the guitar front, I got an I got an email actually today. Today, whilst we're recording this podcast, from Trent Guitars, uh, and they they just got in touch and were like, "Would you like one of these to to have a look at?" And so I was just taking a look at Trent Guitars, and you know, the answer is absolutely yes. Um, so, dear listener, I thoroughly recommend checking these out, TrentGuitars.com. Uh, I'm very looking forward to I, I haven't even replied to, to Trent Guitars <laughs> oh, well, to, to I, let them know. But. I, I just went on their website, and one of their taglines is, shoegazers and noisemakers meet your common ground. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the picture just above that is of a pink guitar. So, I'm, I'm sure probably what they've done is listened to this podcast and algorithmically worked out... What would be the ideal guitar? Sort of like that. <laughs> what? What that sort of a bit like that? Um, what's that Google Dream thing where they pump a bunch of pictures into it and then be like, paint, paint a dream or something, and it does all this crazy stuff. It's probably just done the same for this. They look amazing. So, um, did Matt describe where? them for the listener, uh, just so everyone's aware? So Jay had a question before I just described said guitar. No, yeah. no, no, no. I was just um, I, they're. So they're from Bournemouth. 
Like they're made in, in the, the UK. UK. Yeah, is, yeah, they are UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, I mean, this looks just looking at the the model one debut, which is on their website. It, uh, it looks fantastic. It looks really cool. Sorry, we'll, Matty, gone. We'll, we'll get on to prices as well, but they are fantastically priced for how mm. great these guitars look as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah Matt, did describe this guitar for us. How how would I describe it? I would say bottom half of the guitar. Very much like an offset Fender, perhaps. Top half of the guitar, bit more squared. Reminds me a little bit of something like a millimetric. Yeah, or um, a, Stella, a Fidelity Stellarosa top half. Yeah, or, yeah, or, or possible some, or Albert Lee like vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah, a bit Albert yes. Lee. Yes, looking at that as well. Yeah, that sort of Music Man sort of stumpy mm-hmm. horns. Mm-hmm. Um, two Call people. Me. Stumpy horns. <laughs> uh, stumpy. Uh, two P90s. Uh, well, that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's, well, that's, that's just that's an option. Up, that's, that's up for option. Um, I'm trying to see. Is it string through body or is it top load? Top loader. Looks like da- a top loader to me. Is it dancing in the moonlight or is it string through body? <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry, that was awful. But Matt, Matt Knight did play bass in that band for a while. Um, yeah, this looks great. And the pink, it looks very much like an ice cream. Something like a strawberry Mr. Whippy. Um, maybe this is my signature and this is a podcast in the future. Um, but yeah, I think these look great. Bare knuckle, well, th- this particular one, looking at the website, which is the Model 1. Um, I think current specs on here, listing... Yep, made from start to finish by one craftsman in the south of England. Uh, Two-piece poplar body, 25.5-inch scale, 12-inch radius, modern sea neck, Bolivian rosewood fretboard. Uh, Goto saddles, bare-knuckle old guard P90 pickups, tusk nut, Goto tuners, uh, bare-knuckle pickup pots, water-based thin skin finish, um... And so it's pay- going to age nicely as you play yeah, it as well. And PayPal pay in three instalments, 0% interest. Mm, there you go. Yes. And uh, so, it's quite a so, hit list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a good spec. And also, yeah, you can pick a series of colours. So jet black, oyster white, broom yellow, uh, wafer pink, harbour blue, crowbar red, fur green, and safety orange. And fur it, green safety sounds like orange. such a great colour name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say, it's a nice touch when, uh, when a brand has really decent finish names. I always appreciate that. Yeah, and then uh, matching or uh, unmatching headstock. So, Wait, so you could have pink with a yellow headstock? Uh, no, I think it's just <laughs> matching no, or unmatching. Or natural. Or yeah. natural, yeah. Although that would be quite cool. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be sick. Did, did you catch as well that they're, that they're vegan? That they're completely vegan oh, instruments? Oh, oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, I oh, love it. vegan, mate. Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't ask any questions, they're all vegan. Very true, Wait. but I, I actually hadn't. Genuinely, this is the first ever instrument maker that I had no- noticed. Um, Calling it actually, out. Yeah, it yeah, actually being being pointed out on the site, so that's that's always a nice, nice nod. To I, I, I definitely well. have to keep it on the download that I own a, an ES one seven five amongst my more vegan friends. Oh, the hide glue and everything. The hide glue, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you've ju- you've just said it publicly on a on a broadcasting <laughs> platform now, so <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> if there's any very long beeps in this podcast, I, uh, listener, you'll know. Uh, I think, as they put it, a clean design, cleanly made. Um, I, I like it. I think these are great, and they offer a range. I think it's really cool. I think they offer yeah, a range beautiful. of different pick guards. 
Uh, I think my only change is I would have chrome knobs rather than matching plastic ones. The hardware. I, I love I love choice. the cream knobs to match the cream P90s. For for me, the the one that stands out, I think they call the color Harvard blue, but it's their uh, Pelham blue essentially. Torque guard, single bare knuckle P90, right like tight up in the bridge, still with those matching to cream volume and tone pickups in a kind of a telly style uh, tone. Uh, control panel thing I, I, that that for me absolutely blows me away I, I i think these guitars look absolutely fantastic and um you know not not a shade uh, uh just a shade under 1600 british pounds 1595 um I'm in. i mean that's 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 for the yeah oh yeah i guess that's for the model one and then they have the model one debut is this the pro I'm, I'm only tell, looking at this now i can't tell what the difference is apart from the only difference i can see is that it's, it doesn't appear to be like lacquered yeah. i don't know yeah. I, sh- I, I assume there's other i, I mean i didn't ab the specs so I, I was literally just going off what they look like to be completely honest with you um but uh yeah i mean a grand for that it seems seems yeah a lot. and uh also oh, uh everything uh, is everything that makes our full fat flagship model one exceptional guitar but we've made a few small changes to allow it to offer us a significantly lower price um main difference is that it's a set scale of 25 and a half whereas the standard model one is fully custom and in place of the usual bare knuckle old guard p90s we've used excellent p90 pickups from iron gears worth noting that the pickups can be swapped out and upgraded at ever uh, any point another difference is the debut features an open pour water-based satin finish which i think looks wicked really cool yeah 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 um um doesn't come with a hard case and that's it basically i mean for that is wicked and the lead time is four to five pounds totally yeah the lead time of four to five weeks i mean that's really really quick really quick excellent yeah um this looks wicked this guitar really really cool a thousand pounds that is super super interesting yeah i'm a big fan uh, I'm I'm very excited about getting back to these guys and and hopefully getting our hands on on a, a demo model of these and and then dear listener again to talk to you uh, more about them because I, I really think this is you know this is very cool very very in vogue at the moment like this is a you know that sort of modern but classic 50s instrument it's a very reasonable price for something that's custom made great finish options great wonderful pickup options and and, you know, I appreciate it, dear listener. Most of you aren't in the UK, but like, uh, you know, Bare Knuckles are one of our best sort of pickup exports at the moment. So, it, you know, wonderful to to have those guys being represented. In the, I, I think everything about these models looks absolutely fantastic. Trent Guitars. Dear listener, cool. you should check these out. TrentGuitars.com. Um, have a butcher's because, you know, yeah, they I, look I, really good. I'm, uh, I think these are these are wicked. It's, it's nice to see someone going out there and trying an original body shape and uh, pulling it off. I think actually, you know, it doesn't it 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 looks familiar enough that it doesn't look just outrageous, but it looks different enough that it's not the same as everything out there. I think. Yes, yes. I completely um, agree. It's really nicely refined among the alternative body shapes that we see out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very nice indeed. Very nice indeed. Yeah. I completely agree. Now, Ethan 
uh, Milner's asked on the on the uh, on the Facebook group on um, if you go to facebook.com find Guitarheads group dear listener join us there join us there and we you know we talk about lots of stuff and people ask questions all the time Ethan Milner's uh, asked for advice on an all purpose guitar to take to university and uh, and it caused you know it caused quite an uproar quite a lot of answers you know i guess everyone's got an opinion on you know someone says i have no opinions what guitar should i get yeah everyone basically powers in and suggests the guitar that they own <laughs> um but you know it, it was there were so many responses but essentially he was asking you know i don't really know where i'm going with this at this point what should I get that gives me access to the most avenues and is also something that I can play and and get better at and progress on as a as a technical musician as well as being able to play in several styles? It was interesting to see the range of uh, the range of answers, the range of arguments between people, um, you know, about what what the right course of action was and you know from my perspective also the amount of you who are misguided but uh but no 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 i'm joking it's it's totally fine um but yeah i thought i thought it'd be good for us to go around the room and talk about what we think is is the the best guitar for this particular for ethan's situation for wanting to take something to university that will allow him access to the, the maximum amount of genres will give him the most longevity and will allow him to progress uh, technically as well. Um, Matt Knight, why don't we start with you? Uh, 1951 original telly. They're about like <laughs> 50 grand. <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, if it's good enough for everyone ever, then it'll be good enough for you. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to jump in and suggest it's all that I own. Um but I, I've honestly, I the the Valentine for me. I would say that the Sterling Valentine. The, sorry, the Music Man James Valentine is the what music, you recommend. The Sterling Music Man James Valentine. Right. Um, I think it's a great guitar. Amazing for the money. Half three three five, half Tele. Um, covers a range of styles. I use it for pretty much everything. It's easy to play. It's lightweight. Um, and I think it would cover pretty much all bases. So, really? is it still active? The the James the uh, Sterling James Valentine. I think it is, but I haven't changed the battery in mine for ages. Uh, and I, I think I actually I've disengaged the boost on mine as well. I just turned it off. Right. Um, okay. So yeah, I, for me, I, I, whatever. That's a battery. You might occasionally forget to uh, plug it in, but um, yeah, I think sub a grand. That's probably what you want to spend if you're going to university. You probably want to go sub a thousand pounds. I think that's that's a great guitar for the money. I like your thinking. It's versatile. It's original. Um, you know, it's something different as well, which is kind of nice to have something that's off the beaten path as well. But but you know, it doesn't limit you. And I feel like when James Valentine designed this guitar, he was very much a player who played a lot of things. You know, played a played a tele, played a three three five, and he tried to bring all the things he loved about those instruments into one guitar. And we've spoken about it lots over the years. Of course, we were a big fan of it when it came out. It won Gear of the Year. Matt, you bought one of the Music Man versions, but but really, we we loved it because he was kind of one of the 
one of the only people to successfully take all the best bits of classic instruments and put it into one guitar and the guitar, you know, not be a bit of a, a Homer car, you know, sort of thing. Um, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very, very cool instrument. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I would, I would say that would be, that would be a good one. It, I mean, it depends because some, I don't think there's like a perfect Jack of all trades guitar. Um, and you know, if you're going down, if you're playing more heavier stuff, more of the time, um, you might want to go for something different. I mean, just looking at some other options, I'll just weigh in one other quick option, even though I don't own it anymore, but only because it was similar to the Music Man in in some respects. The Charvel Pro Mods, uh, which are the the Super Strats, basically. Uh, three the DK24s? Uh, they do a G- DK24, or there's a DK22 now with three single coils, uh, or three single coil spacings, but I think the bridge is uh, hot rails. I think those things cover, you know, rock and some of that heavier aspects but can uh do some of the cleaner side of things as well so i again very very versatile little guitar i think do you know i totally forgot that you sold that i also totally forgot that you owned that Mm. good guitar just wasn't using it as much as i thought i would I see, I see. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so Matt Knight has basically set the precedent. He's he's suggested a guitar that he owns, which is literally what every single person in the 150-odd replies on this post did. Um, uh, Jay Cross. I guess the thing is, is that you... I mean, you, my answer to this is, is always the same, and that's you need to buy the guitar that is going to inspire you to pick it up as often as possible. And if But how that, do you work that out? What you work out is um, if you, if the way that you're gonna uh, be inspired to pick up the guitar every day is by buying a uh, Dean Mockingbird in flame finish, so that you can play along to your favourite death metal songs, then that's what you should do. And everyone will tell you that you shouldn't do that because, for you know, oh, you'll grow out of it in five years or whatever. It's like, okay, fine. That's I grew out of my jeans. That's fine. I just bought some new ones. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I just think you should always go with what inspires you to play the most at the time. And um, that might be something completely averse to what other people are, are like trying to get you to buy. And, you know, frankly, the, the, the answer to this is like buy something that's going to be, if, if we're talking to a blank canvas, the answer is buy something that is as broad as possible. So like get a Strat or a Tele or a Les Paul or whatever. But like, you know, if that's not what you're into, then don't do it. Go and buy the um, uh, purple sparkle, um, Ibanez Iceman of your dreams and play all of those Kiss songs that you like because they're the band that you like the, the most and that is what will get you the most long-term enjoyment out of playing guitar. It is it is tricky, isn't it? Because when someone says versatile, they, they probably don't actually mean versatile. They, you know, it's, it's <laughs> you know, versatile could be... It's, it was so funny, re- like, reading the comments, like, some people being like, yeah, you know, what you need is um, is an Ibanez RG. And, and from my perspective, I can't think of anything l- less suited to getting a good clean sound than an Ar- Ibanez RG. Like, mm. that's, that is going to sound awful clean it's going to be difficult to play if you want to do sort of like just normal chords and stuff it's it's just not the instrument for that but to the people who were suggesting it it was versatile because you can play you know an awful lot 
of heavier stuff on it it's a fantastic instrument for anything like that like for for lead work you're gonna want that flat fretboard like it it it, it you know it, it, it presents an issue doesn't it because i'm there thinking like no the guy should get he should get a telly surely a baja telly is the solution but you know it, it i think of a baja telly as being versatile because it suits the you know prog math and you know the sort of vintage rock that i listen to you know and i think of that as being versatile because it covers all the genres that i follow but it's probably not that versatile um naomi what do you think suggestions for a guitar for ethan i did have a read through the thread and i thought the conversation was i thought it was really interesting it kind of went exactly as i'd predicted in some ways in terms of people you know being vehemently anti-strat and pro-ibanez and talking loads about their own instruments and um that's all really good to see and i think there's so much in it for for ethan to hopefully take away um granted i'm like i'm very much a bassist as opposed to a guitarist but the uh idea behind what i'm saying would would remain the same which is for the function that you need um and the purpose which is something that is a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades. We don't know if the ultimate jack-of-all-trades guitar really exists because it's so subjective. All I would say is throw perception out the door. Um, I do think there are some absolutely incredible strats out there, and I say that as someone who's visually not a fan of strats. I think uh, you absolutely could find the strat that works for you. Um, Anyone who is making shouts for HSS and HSH, I thought that was a really good shout as well to to maybe take a look at instruments that don't have two two or three of the same pickup. Um, So you can have a little bit of versatility. Um, Other options that came to mind were things like, well, like you said, like the Baja Telly, but also the Nashville Telly, I think crosses um, crosses the Strat Telly divide quite perfectly. Surprisingly, um, yeah, it does. Yeah. Considering what it was designed for, it's actually incredibly versatile. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I for sure would say, you know, explore outside the box, outside the um, the Les Paul SG Strat Tele Nexus that we're so used to. Yeah. Um, personally, obviously, I've talked about it a lot, but I'm for example, a huge fan of Reverends. I don't think they're the most uh, transparent sounding instruments in the world. I think not every ear is kind of attuned to Karina bodies, for example. Um, But in terms of build quality, I think Reverend are really out out front um, in in the midst of a a lot of guitar brands out there. So, um, like, for example, I think any of the Chargers would be an amazing shout just in terms of build, ease of playing, how they sound, just incredible a cross cut as well um and then you know getting closer to their version even of oh yeah this is going to be my other point was other brands versions of strats and tellies are also completely worth a look because they'll obviously have a slightly different approach and build um and vision in their build so the greg cock for example by reverend is a beautiful beautiful nod to the telly um the gill paris signatures is kind of reverend's closest closest call to a strat um but yeah i i i would say do don't be afraid of the perception of something being this ubiquitous instrument because it might actually be the exact the exact model that does everything you need it to do 
I, I, I completely agree. To be honest, like Naomi, when I came round to you on this, I was like, I hope Naomi mentions Reverend so that I don't have to bring it in at the end because I thought, you know, a, a fantastic option for this is mm-hmm. the the Greg Cock Gristlemaster, not the Gristlemaster mm-hmm. ninety, which is more his Firebird style one, but the the Gristlemaster, which is his more T style instrument with those fishman fluence pickups i've played few instruments as versatile as that as capable of like big thick heavy tones and being like as clean as you could possibly want as crystal clear and articulate as you could possibly want i thought it was an absolutely fantastic instrument yeah um Mm -hmm. so yeah absolutely worth a shout admittedly like i don't know what yeah you know there was no price point ever discussed in this. And of course, when we're looking at the Gristle Master, we are looking at 11, 1200 pounds. It was kind of what m- made me veer away from suggesting harmonies because I'd, I'd love to, I appreciate a Juno perhaps is a specific style style due to the reduced body size. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to the, the gold foil P nineties, they're very articulate, very versatile, but I understand that visually maybe that's, something that a particular type of retro player wants but things like the silhouette which isn't dissimilar from you know a a jaguar in its its style and sort of makeup i think they're fantastic options for being versatile instruments as well but you know yes i'm sorry i'm going off on one about harmony but but yeah I'm, i'm glad that you mentioned reverend because they are incredible quality almost the greg cox not the one to mention i guess in that sense because it's 1200 pounds and and the bulk of the reverend models tend to be around seven eight hundred quid which is incredible for a price point for the sort of quality that they put out it is it is and i i to be fair i was trying to shoehorn reverend in there under the guise of um you know do do be aware of of other brands nods to uh to the super classic super ubiquitous models uh before delving into kind of their own their own takes on anything i mean i i think reverend's own body shapes are incredible like not unlike the trent guitars that we looked at earlier i I absolutely love reverend's chunky funky sort of almost art deco take on um on their single cut bodies and their offsets for example um but yeah i i i think there's there's plenty, plenty to be explored within the super popular models, and I, as I said, I, I would definitely echo the sentiments of everyone who mentioned HSS. Um, just pick up variants within a popular instrument. I think is a really good shout if you do want that versatility. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, before we uh, before we wrap up this podcast, I wanted to kind of talk about Fender Japan because Fender Japan of, as usual. Uh, kind of surprised us, but also brought out something absolutely fantastic and awesome. They seem to be just firing on all cylinders at the moment, but they've just released a uh, a signature model uh, for a, like a, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, Deiki uh, Tsuneta. Uh, he's got a, 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 or she, I actually don't know. Uh, um, have a signature model. Um, which is a reinvention of the Swinger, and it looks absolutely amazing. It's lovely to see that simple Swinger headstock back in play in a guitar, which is arrow sharp and sort of, you know, bullet pointed. And then it's got, you know, that that weird, the weird cutaway around the around the bottom so that I guess you could sit with it on one leg rather, rather than just across two. But... 
what an incredible instrument to bring back from uh, you know back from discontinuedness well yeah uh, the swing is re- the swing is really cool i mean we i saw one in real life for the first time at nam a couple of years ago there was a there was a custom shop there was a master built one actually um which was just like it was so cool it looked amazing but there's such a there's such a funny guitar because for people who don't know the history of the swinger it along with the the custom came about and i I think mark packham maybe did a video on this about uh 40 years ago or whenever it was that he started (laughs) youtubing um and uh basically they they came about when someone at fender decided that there was a load of excess parts knocking about for the music master and for the bass five and uh just chopped a load of chunks out of it and that's how we ended up with this really weird shaped swinger um and yeah this this um fender japan one it looks so cool i mean you've got uh p90s in there instead of the traditional single coils and it's it's got a strat trem as well which looks wicked and they're like uh, metal topped p90s as well yeah. they look gorgeous it just looks amazing this guitar looks incredible this could be custom shop it looks custom shop mm-hmm. yeah 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 i i think it looks amazing so yeah i mean like you i don't know anything about the artist um i assume they're a, a big deal in japan um but this is yeah i mean it looks wicked it looks super super cool so hopefully it doesn't end up being uh, Fender Japan exclusive. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff that slips through the net that we don't see because so much of this stuff is just, you know, very short run. But uh, yeah, wicked. Very, very well, cool. I mean, I hope they extend this. I hope it's pop. I imagine this will be Japanese market only, but I hope it's popular enough that Fender consider expanding the swinger as an instrument and expand make it, it long scale over him. <laughs> yeah that's what i want what i want is i'm, I'm hoping they bring it out as a nine string yeah that's what i want yeah just just looking it looks like he is the mastermind behind a band in japan called king king new spelt j n u they are a rock g n u g n u sorry a uh, a rock quartet that went from uh, Fuji Rock Festival's Rookie A Go Go stage in 2017 uh, to the end of 2019, having like one of the biggest hits of the year. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, that's always the good thing about Japan. They're really supportive of musicians out there. I mean, it's a massive, massive market uh, in terms of record sales, in terms of musical instruments. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot of cool stuff that happens and a lot of cool artists that get um supported over there which i always think is just really good um they they are wonderful they're just a fantastic sort of arm of fender that seem to just maybe have a little bit more freedom more creativity you know to like i, I guess the market's different they just seem to bring out some really unique interesting models i i, I see i seem to fall in love with everything that fender japan comes I, up with I, I also see they're doing a made in japan uh supersonic uh, which looks like oh. a which looks like a Japan model only, which obviously got the reverse headstock and everything. Just sent the link to Nick Reinhardt and was like, "Have you bought one of these yet?" And he's like, "I need to, <laughs> I need to try and find someone in Japan." I was like, "I'm sure can make a few phone calls." I, he's got all of them, I think. Um, he's got all of them, so I think that's uh, that's very cool. But I've been seeing this this Fender sessions and uh, with Jay Mascus and that telly, and I'm like, "Oh, does look very good in the blue sparkle." 
does look very very good with the yeah that telly does look does look very very cool and uh yeah that's that just a couple of recent sessions i think there was a tiny desk concert and then like a fender sessions of just uh him playing and just such a great sound as well such a great like way of playing but such a a great guitar tone and so yeah some really cool signature stuff coming out at the moment from fender i think which i like i like a lot Absolutely. Well, this this particular swinger is retailing at one hundred and sixty five thousand yen, which is fifteen hundred US dollars. Google tells me. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, a, a relatively expected price, I guess. Yeah, I think so. It's always weird when you see stuff in Japanese yen. You're like one hundred and sixty five thousand, and then you're like, <laughs> oh, it's about fifteen hundred pounds. It's when you see, it's when you go to guitar shops and you see stuff for a million yen, and you're like, a million, like just yeah. And then you start trying to work out how much things cost. And you're like, man. Then you see guitars for like six million yen, and you're like, oh my god, this is just <laughs> madness. What is six million yen? Uh, well, a, a million yen is like ten thousand pounds, I think. Yes. So like okay. Yeah. Grand. So six million yen is fifty-four and a half thousand US yeah. dollars. Yeah. Wow. What stores were you going to, Mark? Uh, well, yeah. just as that, what, there's that one row of, of stores in Ochanamizu, uh, which I was. Rem- oh, sure. Yeah. Which I was reminiscing about uh, before, and yeah, they they have everything: vintage guitars and custom shop things and all sorts of crazy stuff i'm sure i can't remember if it was no i was it wasn't on this podcast but i was saying that i went into a store once and there's a really famous player in japan who plays in a band called bees or b apostrophe z he's like the most Mm -hmm. japan's most famous guitar player and they had a replica of his rig an entire replica and he uses like vintage rack units and like a clon and he's got his own signature 59 Les Paul and you could buy an exact replica of his rig and I think it was something like £60,000 but it but it came it came it came wired up like the amps with the flight cases and and the rack cases with all the rack gear in and it had like an original clon in it and uh, and everything I've got a picture of it somewhere absolutely uh absolutely mind-blowing very different market to uh <laughs> to uh, us uh, over here in the uk and to an extent i think the us i don't think there's as much fandom in su- in some ways for some artists over there um like obviously we we have a lot of signatures but they 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 do tend to go to the extreme levels of sort of uh yeah being a fan of musicians over there uh which i think is really cool yeah, I agree. We're going to have to do some sort of episode on picking out our favourite extreme Japanese signature gear at some point because, let's face it, there's enough of it. Um, yeah, you know. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I made a mistake and I was trying to recall the other Fender-pointed headstock that um, I could recall somewhere in the back of my memory and it was, of course, the, the Katana base. And, uh, that I'm was now- recently reissued, right? Yes, it was, but I'm now on a Japanese site trying miserably to translate it because I found a shell pink Fender Katana base. And, yeah, sorry to throw the Katana amongst the pigeons. Oh! But, uh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> completely good. unintentional, but, um, yeah, the, yeah it's, it's, it's sickening what's on the Japan, Japanese market. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to close this tab now because I'm, <laughs> I'm making myself very sad. <laughs> anyway, that was the point at Headstock I was thinking of. Yes, the Katana is a, a, a wonderful, ridiculous uh, Fender bass uh, and crazy that it's been reissued. I don't know how that's happened, but I love that it has. Yeah, um, and, and same for the Swinger. I, yeah, just, I, I love exactly. any any of Fender's nods to their more unusual, wacky, wacky inventions from way back when. I'm all for. Yes, they are very cool indeed. Now, that is all the time we have this week. You can, of course, dear listener, join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitarnids for an entire extra episode every week. You can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month as we we welcome Ross Kagan. Welcome. Thank you, Ross, for joining us as a, as a new patron this week. So you can become a patron, dear listener. What legend. For as little as a dollar a month, a dollar gets you this. This episode ad-free and early every week. $5 gets you access to our Patreon special episodes and our entire back catalogue. $10 gets you a lot. Plus, I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. And who doesn't want that? You can find us on all your favourite social media platforms and join us. Join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Bye. Cheers, gang. Listen up, I know you wanted to Checking on the guitar nerds when you're feeling cool You're a Terracaster and a Stratocaster fan You also like Reverend and a bit of music man You take one look at a funny custom shop You go that that's another Swedish brand you're gonna drop And I love 50s too, it's so unique Now go and buy the plugin from the plugin of the week Guitarists come in ears Listen to us stand night and drink a bunch of beers We got Matt Knight and J-Cross too Can leave themselves up when it's got nothing to do We got JD and Naomi McLeod But I am the best one cause I'm sexy coming loud But we couldn't do this podcast without you You're everything a podcast host could ever want is true Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.